0: Welcome back to another episode of the Digital Dive podcast, of course, the conversation about technology. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Darsh Kithani, and I'm accompanied and I'm brought on with my amazing co-host Jacqueline Dallas from NBT Jacqueline's YouTube channel uh, anyway what's up Jacqueline I haven't talked to you in a while what's going on
1: this week has been kind of crazy for us with all the love in the podcast there's been a ton of memes I don't know if you've seen them Dash. yeah you tagged like, like people enjoying the podcast mm-hmm. yeah super dope to see I love that everyone loves listening to it also we haven't asked for this in a while so let me ask for it at the end of the episode if you've enjoyed it give us a five-star rating. yeah
0: oh my goodness give us a five-star rating.
1: right we forgot to ask about that for like months I feel like
0: since season two has started like since this year has started we haven't asked for a five- five-star rating in like a very long time.
1: At all, you know? Um, and they're still coming in, which is awesome. You know what else is still coming in? Leaks about the new iPhone.
0: There's a lot. Yeah. So basically, if you weren't aware, the iPhone 12 came out in September. That means that the iPhone 13 rumors started the day after the announcement. Now that we're about six months after our initial iPhone 12 launch and we're starting to think about the iPhone 13, there have been a lot of leaks circulating the internet. And actually one by a friend of ours, Max Weinbach, he actually was featured in a Forbes article. Him and I think it was Everyday Apple Pro, the YouTuber, they they both collaborated and made a leaks video, like a rumor around it for the iPhone 13. And honestly, I'd recommend if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It, they did a really good job on it. I really enjoyed it. But the iPhone 13 is looking and sounding great. I am so excited for it. Jacqueline, what is one thing that you think that's that's like rumored to come that you're excited for?
1: I think the MagSafe improvements are probably like kind of fascinating because it, it's showing us that we could end up getting like a portless iPhone maybe this year, maybe the year following like MagSafe is kind of huge. If the magnets become more powerful, it also opens up the ability to get much more accessories with. It. Mm-hmm. The other one that's really interesting is a ProMotion, which has been done by so many Android manufacturers now. Yep. Apple's definitely not inventing it, but it's cool that it will probably finally be on iPhone.
0: 100%. I'm very excited for the ProMotion. 120 Hertz display is one, like, th- that's one of the features on my iPad that like I am so happy with and I'd be so ecstatic to see it on the new iPhones. Considering the fact that like the S21 also has 120 Hertz refresh rate screen, like, and I'm pretty sure it uses a similar type of technology to promote ProMotion, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that it could just be a really cool implementation. I'm excited to see it. But with regard to MagSafe, When you bring up the MagSafe improvements, there has been a lot of controversy, I guess, as of late with MagSafe as initially it was believed that the magnet wasn't powerful enough, but it's been shown now that it is to actually disrupt or trigger pacemakers or defibrillators that have been embedded in people's chest. It's actually very interesting. I I didn't even think about that. I I was thinking about, okay, like what's the problem with having a magnet built into your phone? Like I felt like it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And then I'm like, no, 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 actually that makes sense. Like the human body, I don't think should be around magnets for that much. I feel like there's also just generally like if people ever have any implants, anything like that, like this could be somewhat interesting. Yeah,
1: to be honest with you, I didn't even think about that, which is like its own form of privilege because obviously like the pacemaker, people would have to think about that, like people with pacemakers. Mm -hmm. That is not great. I saw that Apple came out like with guidance on how far away to hold it. And I feel like that is just like a recipe for disaster because obviously it's hard to like measure in real time. Mm -hmm, Yeah. I hope that that's an improvement. In terms of like strength, I think there are other ways to make it like stronger, like with things put on the back of it. Maybe it's like placement differences, Mm -hmm. but you bring up an interesting point because if this continues to be an issue, they could end up ditching MagSafe if they can't figure out how to improve it.
0: Because this could be a huge liability issue, right? If it comes down to the situation, where someone ends up using a MagSafe powered device next to their chest, and they have a pacemaker, for example, and it disrupts that pacemaker, stops it from working, that could be effectively fatal for some individuals. For that in and of itself, like I think that like Apple really needs to set out and actually make a statement about this and like talk about how to use. MagSafe correctly and safely and what to avoid for those individuals who have pacemakers or defibrillators in their chest and stuff like that. You should
1: not have to think about that. Yeah, you shouldn't. Even if they come up with guidance on how to do it, like that's just like a recipe for disaster. If I were someone that had that, I just wouldn't get the phone because I'd be worried about
0: it. It's like an oversight that you didn't need to have. Like you shouldn't have to have the oversight to think about when you're buying a phone like, okay, I have this health condition. I can't buy this phone because of that health condition, or I shouldn't buy this phone in fear of this affecting my health, my current health condition. It'll be very interesting to to see how Apple does approaches for the next iPhone. And I do want to pass the question off to you guys, the listeners, like if you're listening to this and you have opinions on the MagSafe or like, you know, anyone who this is affected, like I'm curious to see like, what are your thoughts on, on MagSafe as a whole? And what are your thoughts about the controversies that are surrounding it currently? But besides MagSafe and 120 Hertz display, there are a couple other really cool features coming to the iPhone 13 that have at least been leaked as of right now. One of which is actually a portrait video mode. I feel like Jacqueline, you're probably just excited about this as I am.
1: I'm stoked about it. Actually, we've already kind of seen it a little bit on Samsung phones in the past, and it's has not been that good. So I don't have high hopes for it being amazing with edge detection and stuff in the beginning. But just like with portrait mode, it took years to get better and now it's incredible. I think it's going to be like the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually really excited about it. We've also been seeing a trend, Arch. I don't know if you've seen this, with people now photoshopping their video, not actually using Photoshop, but like using things like Facetune video. Mm-hmm. That is a whole different issue. As we get better AI and stuff with like detecting video and like detecting edges of objects, I think because portrait video obviously have to do that, mm-hmm. we could run into an issue where people are like heavily editing their videos in the
0: future. A hundred percent. I think that's going to be something in the near future, especially with apps like TikTok and like Instagram and stuff who have implemented huge new video. It's not even just editing platforms or services, but also just huge new video sharing platforms. TikTok is literally first and foremost a video sharing platform. And then Instagram now has its normal Instagram sharing methods. I think was it IGTV Instagram video stories and then reels. They have three different video platforms at this point. Like there's so many different video platforms. I feel like Photoshopping your face in video is going to be a really, really huge trend for a bit. I don't know how much i how, how I I like that. I don't like the idea of photoshopping people's faces in video.
1: Pretty much hate that idea.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like it's just it's going to bring a whole <laughs> new beauty standard to video that I just didn't need there. Like, I have a pimple right now on my face. I am so happy we're not recording video <laughs> this week because, like, <laughs> It was huge a couple days ago. And if we filmed a couple of oh, it would have been a recipe for disaster.
1: Also, like people edit like their bodies to like look different, like mm-hmm. more accentuating curves, make themselves skinnier, et cetera. It's kind of bad. I actually follow this account on Instagram, which shows you like how like posing can radically change the way you look. Mm-hmm. And she's a badass for doing it because she puts herself in like, quote unquote, like less conventionally flattering photos. She'll post of herself to like show that it's all like manipulation. And if we start seeing videos where everything's manipulated, I think like the mental health effects on everyone, especially younger people, is just going to be terrible.
0: Oh, of course. This is a huge social media issue as a whole. It's like the ability to post pictures that are doctored and that are edited makes this whole new like beauty standard for individuals growing up right now. Like people who are looking up to these bigger celebrities and stuff like that, like they're posting unrealistic objectives of what they in their eyes and their terms would be like, you should look like this when you shouldn't. You don't have to look like that. You can look whatever, however you feel best, you know, but they're creating this beauty standard that doesn't necessarily teach kids growing up like what it means to like love yourself, love who you are, love your body and and stuff like that.
1: It's definitely bad. And I know we got a little on a tangent, this is the last thing I'll say about it, but watched like a YouTube video where they interviewed people from age five to age 100 on what they're insecure about. And the insecurities started coming out like phys- like physical insecurities at age six.
0: Wow. It's like terrible. That's terrible. Like, I-, I can really imagine myself as a six-year-old. Like I think the only physical insecurity I had was I wasn't a fast enough runner. That was it. Like I, I was so happy with who I was because I didn't have social media. Yeah. I-, I used to work at a day camp. That's something I did for three summers. And I have kids still finding my Instagram, oh, no. like, my YouTube channel, they're commenting and stuff. And like that, like I can't, like I'm not like a, for one, I'm not supposed to, that's, that shouldn't be happening so I, I can't have them on my social media so if any of them are listening right now like don't take it personally please I, I just get
1: off there <laughs> I, I'm
0: just I, I'm not allowed to have you on my social media it's just it's not allowed I do appreciate the love and support of the videos guys
1: <laughs> I love how it's just like one of the side tangent to the kids that you used to work with
0: that was a little bit of a side tangent there but they all have like social media and stuff and that's so surprising to me because they're all super young and I don't remember myself having social media like I remember thinking three times before thinking I needed Instagram like there were three different occasions where I was like hmm, maybe I should download Instagram today and then I'm like nah like, I'll do it later, but now it's like latest social media network. I'm downloading it. Before we continue this conversation on social media networks, I feel like this could actually tune in well into our next topic because I want to talk about Twitter. Before we do that, I think we should just end off the iPhone leaks. Just run through everything else that they have to offer. And I know one of the things that I'm really interested and excited about is going to be the always on display. It's a feature that's been on Android for so long that I'm just so excited they're bringing to iPhone. That's a, at least it's a rumored. And if they do, I think I would be really happy to have it. Yeah,
1: I totally agree with you. I also think like the design going to look a little bit different. The mm-hmm. back is going to be a little more grippy. I obviously as Time goes on. We're gonna get more and more leaks, but it's crazy that we're almost in March. We're coming up on iPhone 13 again in September. It's like nuts how fast this year has gone. The
0: cycle of these of new phones, new devices, just keeps going, and like you don't realize how fast it's going. Almost every year, or October is always iPhone season. It, it's just it's just all the iPhone reviews are coming out. Everyone's releasing their videos on it. That entire wave left. Techtober happened. Now we're prepping and getting ready for the next wave of like high end products that we're gonna be testing out and checking out.
1: It's crazy, but dude, let's talk about Twitter super followers actually because. Yeah. This is a really interesting idea and it kind of ties into social media and tech, but also the creator economy. It's
0: a huge interest of Jacqueline and myself. And it's actually really interesting. It's effectively what YouTube did almost with their joining community thing. So Twitter super followers is effectively a new way for creators on Twitter to offer their audiences a way to get exclusive content, almost like a Patreon for Twitter. So you're paying $5 a month or something, and then you're getting like exclusive content from those individuals, which is a really interesting idea. I don't know how well it's going to turn out. What about you, Jack? What, what do you think? Do you think this is gonna be a is it gonna be a pop or a flop? I think it's gonna be a flop.
1: Okay, so I'm all for like creator economy stuff. There's so many opportunities. We're also seeing the NFTs like kind of blow up right now. Yeah. And that's like another huge thing. But the similar with NFTs, which for anyone that doesn't know, they're kind of like blowing up right now is that I think it's not gonna be successful for a lot of people, but for the people that it is successful for that can find a good value prop, it will blow up. So like with the NFTs, there are gonna be a lot of people selling stuff just to get like a quick money grab from their audience. Mm-hmm. But it's not actually be providing their audience value. And With super followers, there are going to be a lot of people that now are charging for things, and they won't actually be valuable. Mm -hmm. Those will be short-term wealth gains, but then over time, they won't have a sustainable audience that keeps coming back to buy things because they're just not giving them value in return. And there will be other people where they offer a ton of value, and it really makes sense. So it's a cool feature, but we're going to see a lot of people lose money to creators that are just trying to make a quick buck. So I'm kind of interested to see what happens. I was talking about it on Twitter a little bit, and I saw Rene Ritchie like wrote something where he was like, "YouTube has the platform where they pay us, obviously, and for some people, Twitter is their primary social media." platform. So to have built-in payments from the actual platform that you're bringing attention to is huge. Mm -hmm. So I agree with that. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how people use it and how they offer value to their audience. But I'm not excited to see all the like the snake oil gurus like use it and get a quick buck.
0: I think I have a similar perspective on it. I think that Twitter implementing this is going to be really interesting for the creators to see how each creator does it differently. Like I think someone like Ali Abdal, for example, in his Instagram post where he posts like videos and clips on tips and how to just be more productive and be better in a day to day in your day to day life and just have better like habits and work ethic and stuff like that. I feel like those kind of tweets and insight could be something that could be really cool as a super follower to get. Like I am part of like the Ali Abdaal like, super following cult. I'd be watching all of his interesting videos on how to like keep up with better work habits and work and keep my work ethic really, really good.
1: Now, would you prefer that? Because Ali Abdaal also has, for example, a podcast group where you pay $10 a month and you're in like a WhatsApp group chat with everyone. They have like Zoom calls together, etc. Like if you could pay $10 on Twitter or $10 for that, what's the better value prop there?
0: For me, The better value prop is super followers because I don't have time to sit in a a group chat and message people. I hate group chats that I'm in right now currently. Like, I like group chats, but at the same time, when group chats are blowing up and it just takes up all my time, like, I don't like it. So, actually, funny enough, I think we talked about this like last year when the new iPhones came out. I was mentioning how I really like the iPhone 12 mini because I don't spend enough time on my phone and I don't like group chats enough. If I want to talk to someone, I'm just going to call them and just talk to them for 15, 20 minutes, have that full conversation. As a super follower, I feel like I'd be getting like not the full engagement where I'm like always talking, always part of this Discord group. Rather, I'm getting these selected tweets that I'm paying for to get a better understanding of what to do without having to actually like I guess be able to do it from a further from a little bit more of a distance I don't know if I'm making am I making English am I making sense
1: yeah basically you're saying like you would prefer to like be a passive audience member like getting new content versus being active in a group chat yeah I could see that
0: I've never been a very active follower of anyone really like I love so many different creators and like I will look up to so many of them as well but I I will never be such an active member of their creator community because I'm always looking for new creators to watch I'm always looking for new things to see and new things to watch online and new people to follow. So I never fully get like super, super invested into anyone because I will go in phases of watching and not watching. So that was was another tangent. I think today's just going to be a lot of tangents. Yeah,
1: dude, we actually have like so many interesting topics to talk about today and they're all like kind of like discussion-y. So
0: um, I like it. I'm here for it. I guess
1: like listeners, like everyone listening to us, please let us know if you like this. Like later in the episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about an existential crisis I'm going through right now with my content. Just going back to this super followers thing, the creator economy is on the rise right now and we're seeing so many opportunities whether it be in physical products or virtual products, like the TMS guys just launched some digital assets. Yeah. That is huge. Makes a lot of sense. They're really reasonably priced. They're obviously providing a lot of value. I think Ali Abdal's $10 group is providing a lot of value. We're also going to see a lot of BS and a lot of things that are just influencers trying to get money and they don't actually care about their audience. Twitter super followers is going to lead to a lot of that, but it will also lead to intimate connections and content that's valuable and worthwhile. So Mm -hmm. it's all going to be up to how the creators use it. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Another platform that just updated their service is Spotify. We were talking a little bit about a couple weeks back, the AI and how eventually like it's going to be able to sense your mood based on like how you talk to it. And they're coming up with some new stuff as well. So Dark, you want to kind of hit us off there?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So one of the cool things that Spotify ended up doing this year and one of the features that they wanted to implement was something along the lines of using your mood to help filter out what kind of music you'll be listening to. So a new feature that they're rolling out this year, I think in the coming in the coming weeks or months, from my understanding of it, is effectively using an AI platform to identify different songs and what moods they'd fall into. And you'd be able to filter out all of your liked songs in your liked song section of your Spotify library. And you'd be able to filter four different moods. And I think that's actually a very interesting way to do it. Considering we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, like the idea of having AI to be running and to be like identifying our mood and then giving us, serving us up music based on that mood. That was a bit of like a, eh, I'm kind of sussed out. But this, I feel like is a nice little happy medium in between that I could be really, really okay with and actually very excited for.
1: There's a lot of potential that. Also, I saw that they may be offering higher quality music, like lossless listening, um, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Spotify's making some major moves. Smear just did a podcast recently about how they think that David Dobrik's new podcast, Views, can end up being acquired by Spotify. Oh, 100%. He's killing it, which is a totally different conversation, but he's killing it.
0: He's killing it.
1: I think that right now we should maybe take a quick break. And when we come back, we have a lot of tech to talk about. Some Sony VR stuff that's coming out, the mid-air wireless charging system, and then the midlife crisis, or not even midlife <laughs> <laughs> the creator crisis that I um, am having right now. I was gonna
0: say it's a pretty, it's a pretty short lifespan. If, if this is your mid-life crisis, <laughs> yeah, that would be
1: absolutely terrible. I had a consulting call yesterday, and I'm gonna talk a little bit about what I learned from that and how I'm gonna implement that into the content in the future. So grab a cold brew, and we'll be right back.
0: Be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back from the break. Hope you guys got some cold brew. I actually just made the funniest sound just before like we, we we came back in from the break. All right, Luke, this is George's second part to episode number thirty. Like, I don't know why I said it like that. I just I thought it was so funny because I count down before I start before I come back from the break before I start the episode. So I just I was just singing along like episode thirty because it's episode thirty, guys. It's a big number. I'm proud of it.
1: Can't believe that we've done thirty. It's honestly kind of crazy. Honestly, and we've t- we've really run the gamut with what tech we've talked about. It's kind of weird that this episode we're talking about Sony VR stuff because last episode we talked about AR stuff with Apple. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. So VR to me is much less interesting than AR. But Sony just announced two days ago that there's going to be improved PlayStation VR for the PS5, mm-hmm. and that it's going to run through a single cord. So uh, left clutter, play. And this is coming from BBC.com. Just to cite the source there, <laughs> and they're saying it's expected to hit the shelves in 2022. So it's not to be for a while. I don't know, Darsh, what's like your sense of VR as a whole and then this specific update? So
0: I think gaming VR is really interesting, especially from companies like PlayStation where you really do get to enter a game almost and like truly become a part of it. I'm a pretty avid video game player. Like quarantine has made me an avid video game player. One of my favorite games to play is Call of Duty. And I could only imagine like a VR form of that where I literally have maybe a little suspect, but like have a little like a fake gun in my hand that like recognized by the screen and I'm playing this game and I'm playing multiplayer and I'm getting to do multiplayer or Team Deathmatch online or Fortnite even and pretend like I'm actually building and try to use my hands. Like I feel like that kind of stuff is so cool. And if you see it in movies and stuff like that. And it's just so realistic. I would love to see that happen. I've never gotten a chance to use VR for gaming, but this has me very, very excited.
1: Yeah, no, me too. Honestly, that said, I always kind of get like a little freaked out. Oh, yeah. Like let's say I'm alone in my house and I have this VR headset on. And I'm totally immersed in the world like someone could break in and you wouldn't even know that like really freaks me out. It
0: covers two of your major senses like you lose your both your sight and your hearing. The only you have a smell and even then like the
1: house could be on fire you, I mean
0: you could probably smell I feel like you could smell the smoke That's and, then, valid. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you'd be okay yeah, I should
1: have picked a better example something's happening in the house it's only visual or auditory and you just don't know <laughs> anyways yeah I don't know it's kind of interesting VR again to me is just so much less exciting than AR but it's also because I'm not really into games mm-hmm. it's just like a less intriguing thing the PS5 though can't believe how hard it still is to get I get daily texts from people asking them if I can like hook them up with a PS5 or like help them get one like it's literally so hard to get still
0: yeah actually funny enough I remember for Christmas, my brother was looking to get a PS5, and it, the trying to find one was so bad. And then when we ended up getting one, like it was broken, it was defective out of the box. Really? It was supposed to be a Christmas present, and we opened it on Christmas, and boom, nope. Open it in front of us. We tried setting it up, and on the update, we believe it corrupted the SSD and the internal. Oh
1: my god! Yeah,
0: because we couldn't really? up, we couldn't update. So the entire so basically during the software update, it extracts the software then it replaces it, right? And so. Instead of replacing it, they just took off the software. Then the only thing that was remained on the SSD was the bios. So we had to call PlayStation, try to get it replaced, then they had to ship it there, then get it fixed. They had to analyze it, try to fix it, couldn't fix it, send us a new one back, and we got a new one. And we're like, this is so dumb. Like, why is this so I guess just finicky? I just want to say this if you guys are picking up a PS5 used from anywhere, like someone selling it to you, make sure you get a receipt. Cause if they gave you a, like one that's like a dud, like it's gonna be not the greatest time. Did you
1: end up returning it or what happened with it? No,
0: no, we, we ended up getting it fixed. It just took a it took a long time. It took us like I think a month or so to get it sent there and back and like deal with all the processing stuff because it was during the Christmas break. But anywho, the PS5 is still a dope console, despite all the issues that it's been having. But PSVR 2, this new upgraded version of the virtual reality system from the PS4, I think is going to be great. I've heard a lot of amazing things about the PS4 VR, and I think that this PS5 one is going to be is going to be the one to get. I think it's going to be really, really cool, especially considering how powerful the PS5 is as a whole.
1: What do you think are like the most impressive new features with it?
0: Honestly, I, I couldn't even tell you. I haven't used the first one, the first generation. The fact that PS4 games, for one, are backwards compatible, meaning that we're going to get an even better experience on older games like Minecraft or Skyrim, which is actually a personal favorite of mine from the PlayStation 3. I played it on my brothers when I was younger. That kind of stuff would be really cool. And playing those kind of games, those story mode games where you get to fully be immersed in it in virtual reality I think that in and of itself is going to be really cool and seeing it with even better graphics capabilities the PS5 will be able to offer 4k gaming being able to see like this stuff like crystal clear as if you're actually there that's going to be honestly really fun
1: I'm stoked so about it again I'm not really gamer so it won't affect me directly but just VR as a whole will become I think a bigger part of our lives and I think AR especially it's going to become a huge part of our life so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: i'm stoked it's going to be a huge part of our life and vr is going to be really really cool but the one thing that sony has always been kind of criticized for especially for this is the fact that there's always a clutter of wires now there's only one wire but still one day i would like to see a wireless vr setup i think that would be really really cool but something that is wireless that is in the news this week that we wanted to bring up was wireless air charging or like air wireless charging effectively using your phone away from a wireless charging pad and charging your phone simultaneously jacqueline is this possible is this is this a reality in this day this day and age
1: No, it's interesting. So Mr. Hoosabosh just made a video about this like two weeks ago. And I feel like we always see a video or an advertisement and the company's really hyping it up. And then when you actually get it in the studio, it is much less cool than it looks in the advertisement. Also, there are so many implications with this. Like, again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But if there are magnetic waves like circulating through the air, like are there higher radiation issues? Is it safe to have like a wireless charge like throughout the air? I don't know. Like even if that isn't actually an issue to consider, I think a lot of people think about it. So there's going to have to be a marketing campaign around the safety of it if it actually... Actually, is safe, and then it's just the technology of it. Like it's going to be super slow to start out and super finicky. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. This specific one was from Oppo. Mm -hmm. Darsh, what did you think of it when you initially saw it? It was like a thirty-second clip.
0: So effectively, a thirty-second clip showing someone using their phone away from a wireless charging pad while their phone is charging. I was amazed at the idea of it because I use a wireless charger daily. My main charger for my phone is a three-way charger between my phone, AirPods, and Apple Watch. Yes, yes, yes. I already can hear all the Apple fanboy comments. I use wireless charging on a daily basis, and I think that if I had the ability to have wireless, like air charging, I guess, or air wireless charging, I think I would be super, super stoked. But I am very concerned about the health implications of it. What about material overheating issues? Because overheating is a huge issue when it comes to wireless charging. And also it's going to be fast charging because wireless charging is slow. Like it's really, really slow.
1: They're rating it at 65 watts. So we'll see. We'll
0: see. But like they can create the wattage that they want right now and then they can give it out and be like, oh, in great conditions with Oppo products, right? Like, sorry,
1: let me just clarify. The 65 watts is something else um, in the article. I just want to clarify that. They're not saying this. is 65- <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a pretty, it's pretty high charging rate. But
1: Xiaomi is developing an 80 watt wireless charger solution. So like there are definitely going to be some highly rated ones coming out, but it's super positional
0: and finicky. I'd be a little concerned about just seeing how that would work, but that's just me. Like I feel like this could be something that's really, really cool and offers some more unique takes to the tech market. It's just one of those things that's so futuristic. I would love to see it work. Imagine 10 years down the line walking into a room and it's a wireless charging room. Everything that's in that room charges. You just walk in with your laptop, you sit there for like five minutes, 10 minutes and you get like a 10% charge. I think that could be a, reality 10, 20 years.
1: I definitely think it will be a reality, especially like if we lose like ports and they become portless. Speaking of wireless tech, though, I am still having this issue with the AirPods that we talked about in last week's episode, Yeah, and it's really irking me so much. So, for anyone that didn't listen to last week, first of all, why'd you miss the episode? Why'd you miss it? The- it was a good episode, too. <laughs> that was a
0: really good episode. I was happy. I was really happy. Yeah,
1: I think it was one of our better ones. Exactly. Second thing, so basically, I would be on my laptop or something, I'd get a notification on my phone, and it would immediately switch to my phone. So, I was on a call yesterday, and it connected to my AirPods Max. That were in my bedroom while I was like in a completely different room. And the person like was hearing everything from like that area of the house. It was like totally static. Honestly, I don't know why what happened, but the new update has made the wireless like switching so much more finicky. I
0: don't know what it is. And I feel like Apple really does need to come up with a software patch ASAP because it came to a point where I was doing one of my lectures and literally it just disconnected. And then everything just came screaming at me. And it was like early in the morning. I was like, why does it have to be early in the morning? It's screaming at me. It just have in my ears or just, Apple, please fix this. Just, just pretty please. It's weird. It- it's weird. Yeah. It's
1: definitely universal. Sir, DC, you said posted about it.
0: It's not an isolated incident. This is this is multiple people are dealing with this. I'm dealing with this. You've been dealing with this. Everyone listening, if you're dealing with this with AirPods or any other bluetooth type devices, if it's an Apple issue as a whole, just like tweet at us at digital dive or follow our Instagram. A lot of people have been following our Instagram lately at digital divepod. Have they been? Yeah, actually really? we had a hundred followers on uh, our Instagram account. Wow. Yeah, that's actually pretty dude, cool. We don't even plug that's it. Awesome. We don't even plug it that often. That's why I'm like, this is great. Yeah,
1: dude. Connor actually found like this Instagram that I like I got the username for for merch that I have. And it's like super Super subtle, like I've never plugged the username, have never discussed it, and he sent it to me yesterday, and I was like, damn, how did he even find this? I'm not surprised people are finding our Instagram for the pod.
0: 100%. Speaking of calls and stuff like that, Jacqueline, you were on a really interesting call this week. Do you want to talk about it? Let us know what's going on.
1: So guys, just like this will be like a little bit more than me talking about Darsh, like feel free to jump in and stuff. I'll basically just like give you a quick overview of what happened on the call. <clears throat> Obviously, like my dream is to do YouTube full time and I'm kind of doing that, but like I want to do it at a bigger level and like be able to expand the team and hire people and like run it at a level of like MKBHD or like another big firm where there are multiple people and it's like my full-time thing. So I had a call with this guy named Eric Wen, who is an incredible creator on the platform. I actually just tweeted about his stuff yesterday and he basically does like personality analysis of like celebrities and other YouTubers. So I tweeted him and I was like, hey, or like I DM'd him because we follow each other. And I was like, hey, I would love to like do a consulting call with you. I'm not sure if this is something that you do, but I would love to see like what you think my personality type is and how I can better integrate that into the content. And then another thing that he does, and he did it for like Pat Flynn and other people, is figure out like, what is your mission with the YouTube videos? Because what he was saying, what separates like the smaller creators from the big creators is having a mission that people can like subscribe to. So for example, Mr. Beast's mission is to Get a hundred million followers and eventually create food banks. Like you could easily be like, "Yes, I want to be part of that." That's
0: really cool. Or
1: like Marquez's mission is make the highest quality tech video possible, and it's like you follow them on the journey. It's not going to be a really quick thing. So he was like, "What's your mission?" So the call was going really well. My personality type for anyone interested in listening is ENFJ, I think, which is basically like you are super analytical like internally, but then you also like have like this extroverted side of like being able to like sense what people's feelings are and how to like kind of balance like group harmony, which makes sense like as a content creator. I feel like a lot of us are probably that because you're constantly interacting and like making videos for other people. Mm -hmm. So the call's going well. And then he says to me like, what's your mission with these videos? Like what can people subscribe to? What's going to be like throughout your entire catalog? And that is where it got really hard because I said to him, okay, I think my mission is to make like the most entertaining and informative tech video possible. And then I also think my mission is to build a community of people. A lot of people on Darsha, we've talked about this. They love tech, but they never know anyone when they're growing up or even in their regular life that likes it. And the tech community offers this first time where you can experience people that really have your same passion. So, I was like, I want to create that for people with like MBT fam. And I also want to create high quality videos. And he was just like, no, your goal needs to be like a million times bigger than that. So I'm like, oh gosh, like what? Like, I don't even know. That's kind of where I'm at right now. To be honest, guys, I don't have all the answers. After I got off the call with him, was like two hours yesterday, I was like, well, like, what am I doing? You know, like, how am I going to figure this out to get people to subscribe? They need to like believe in what you're doing. And I want to just like bring people on this journey as well. Tentatively right now for me, I think like my mission is to create really high quality, informative tech videos that make it accessible to the most people possible. And then also, to give people that community and kind of like grow it to be the biggest community possible of what we were talking about is in the tech community, there's like this lacking aspect of like, yeah, you can love the creators and all the creators are part of this community, but the viewership doesn't necessarily have a community. Mm-hmm. So I want to kind of create that. So that's like tentatively where I'm at. but honestly, it's been super tough. Like I've been thinking about it the last couple of days, like what's my mission? Like, why do I make these videos? Because if my mission was just to create a community of people that were interested in tech, YouTube isn't the easiest way to do that, yeah. right? Like I would just host events and do conferences and stuff for people. So obviously- that's not my only mission, and if my only mission was to express myself creatively, then I wouldn't post it online. I'm like in a weird spot where I feel like I'm like on the cusp of figuring it out, but it's kind of like the all this lost moment where you're like you're questioning everything. I, I
0: can actually fully understand that. I feel like I had an interesting conversation with myself yesterday, just thinking about like where I'm headed and stuff like that too. So I feel like that's one of those things that for everyone, when you sit down, you kind of have a hard time figuring out where where you want to end up, what your what your end goal is, especially when it's kind of just it's so open. It's really up to you, and it's, it's really your decision whatever you want to do. So you have this open. End- Just kind of, I want to do good in some way. I want to create something. You want to find that space, and it's no easy task. And it takes time, and it takes effort. And once you find it, I think it's one of those things that are just—it's just going to make you and your community even happier. It's going to just be really dope. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what you come up with.
1: Yeah, i I don't know. It's—it's tough because I think he's totally right. He like made a list of three different things of what you need to do in every video, and then like Mm -hmm. he gave me tangible examples. And like unintentionally, like people are actually doing it. Like he was saying, discovery, wonder, and like a mission. For example, he mentioned Mister Who's the Boss and everyone in Mr. Who's a Boss video, he brings you on the journey with him of discovering something. Like he poses a question, is wireless charging good? And then he'll test it. He doesn't just get to the conclusion of like, it's bad or it's good. But like the whole video is like him like testing different things and coming up with hypothesis and then testing it. And like, that was really mind blowing to me because I think that is one of the reasons why I love his video so much, but I never noticed it. And he was like, you need to integrate discovery more in your videos, like bring them on the journey. And then I was remembering a conversation that I had with Ali Abdal where he was like, be the guide. Don't be like the person that knows everything. Mm-hmm. The guide is someone that, like, is still on the journey with the person, but they're a little bit more of an expert. But if you're like the mentor, or I forget what the other word was, or like the expert, if you're the expert, then you're not on the journey. You've come to the place of fruition and now you're helping people get there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I've heard it from like three different people now, and I kind of just have to figure it out because, like, I know what my mission is in the short term of like making the best videos possible and cultivating this community, but how do I make that obvious in everything I do? Right? Because if that's my mission, like, how do I make people subscribe to that without having to tell them, like, this is my mission?
0: Very, very fair. And it's one of those things that it's going to be a lot of, I think it's going to be a bit of pondering and a little bit of searching just to see kind of like the best ways to do it. And it'd be a lot of like trial and error, just seeing what's the best way to implement it for your channel and for, for your vibe, for your design aesthetic. And I think it'll be really, really cool to see. Like, I have I have no doubt in my mind, whatever you come up with is going to be dope. And I think that at least the Digital Dive community, we, we got your back. Like I can wholeheartedly say that, especially with all the memes we get. 100% this community's got your back. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, which is amazing. But if you think about it, like there's a reason why people subscribe to this community and why they create memes and why they're involved in it. We're obviously like posing a mission or a statement or something. So, I actually think it kind of be helpful if people tweeted us why you follow the podcast and why you feel a connection to either, like, if you watch Darsh's content, why you feel connection to him? If you watch mine, why you feel connection to me? I don't know. It, it's going to take a lot of self discovery, but I think it would actually be really helpful to hear directly from the people that support us on why they initially did and why they
0: still do. Yeah, I think that would be actually really cool. So, uh, tweeted us tweet at Digital diepod or tweeted us personally. Our personal accounts are also linked down below, too. So, you guys can go check us out as well. I'm so close to 2,000 followers on Instagram, guys. Just like, just like, pull through, please.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You know, let's make it up. You know, it's so funny though because I posted the other day like telling people to follow Dive mm-hmm. and they have a very tangible follower goal, of 500 followers. And if they get that, then they're going to release a beta. I tweeted it. Literally only 3 people followed from that tweet. It had no impact whatsoever. I don't know how much these call outs have an impact. Like when we're always like, "Oh, follow us." Like I don't know if it does anything.
0: So he- here's what I'm going to say. For all the call outs we've done this episode, for everyone who's listened thus far and is currently still with us, welcome to our community. This is your call to action. This is this is what we want you to do. We want you to go out, fulfill all the calls to action. Prove to us that you are capable of doing this because I want to see the power of the Digital Dive community. I know we got it. I see the memes. Like You guys are out there creating these memes. You guys could easily drop a follow. You guys could easily go and check out different videos that we recommend or the music we recommend and stuff like that. The amount of people who have tweeted at us saying that, oh, I like this recommendation by like one of the two of you or I like this recommendation and letting us know is it's so great. So do it. Prove it to us. Prove us the community is as strong as shown us to be.
1: Okay. Let's round off this episode with stuff we like this week. I'm I'm gonna throw it to you. What's one thing you like this week?
0: So, it's going to be a little bit of a shameless plug also going back to the call to oh, no. action. I dropped a video this week, guys, my first video in 6 months. It would mean the world to me if you guys went to go check it out. It's something I like this week because I made three versions of the video. I made an Instagram Reels version, I made a TikTok version, and I made a YouTube version. And none of them are performing that well. So, this is my call to action to you guys. Go check it out the video. Go let me know what you guys think of it. Let me know what other videos you guys want to see because we're into this together, guys. I'm I'm trying to trying to grow my channel, trying to grow the podcast with you. I'm trying to trying to bring this from the ground up. Let's, let's do it together. So that's one of the things I like this week: the fact that I actually made a video and posted it. How about you, Jacqueline? What's something you like this week?
1: Yeah, dude, Darshan and I often like watch each other's videos and give feedback. I completely forgot to send you any feedback, <laughs> so I'm still gonna send it to you after the fact. I actually wrote like the notes the day of, and I like, just never sent it. All so good, man. I'm gonna send it to you right after we stop recording. I'm sorry about that. No
0: worries at all. No worries. Actually, it saves me. It saves me because I'm recording my next video. I'm setting it up and planning it tomorrow. So oh, if you could let me know, it means I can fix up for the next one.
1: I'll do it today. It was really good, though, Thank guys. You. Definitely would recommend checking it out. Okay, I'm kind of gonna do. A shameless plug as well. Luke and I are working <laughs> on the new logo for March, and I think this actually episode is coming out in March. So, you guys will see it day of March 1st. It is so freaking fire. Luke is so talented. And what I'm actually doing to kind of build the community is I'm doing not only hidden references to stuff I like, but hidden references to the community as well. So, a lot of people sent in things, and we put two, and there's going to be two hidden references to things that the MBT community sent in. Ooh. So, I'm super excited for people to see it.
0: That is going to be super, super cool. I like the fact that you guys do this every month and you guys get to change it up. I feel like it's, it's something to look forward to. It's something to like okay like what's it gonna be
1: it actually is super fun I think since Sensei MBT fam like there are the people finding the hidden references like it would not be fun for Luke and myself if like no one was actually finding the references mm-hmm. but people actually go through and like find every single one so we're actually doing even more now I think we have like eight in this month Wow! so I'm super excited to see what people think
0: it's like Roswaldo but in your logo right. I think that's really cool <laughs> literally
1: though so like I'll give one away in this episode to give an example like one of my favorite songs right now is Green Light by Lord Oh. and so like there's a hidden reference within the logo of like a green light and it just looks like it's part of the design but in reality it's not so all of, like things like that and then it kind of like helps the audience get to know me better and it also helps me like share interesting things so I don't know it's been really fun I've really seen anyone else do it so I'm excited to just like keep doing it for years to come
0: 100% so I've gotten really really into this artist this week so I guess I'm, I'm flipping back to music like I usually do and this week I'm giving you as a killer artist uh Giveon G-I-V-E-O-N it's super lo-fi it's like R&B it's something that I personally just i that heard his name so many times I never actually sat down and listened to him. And I listened to a couple of songs. It's very sad, very slow, but so vibey, especially at night. Just like put on like some LED lights, just chill and like vibe out to it. It's a vibe. So go check it out. One of my favorites is Heartbreak Anniversary and Stuck on You. Again, both very sad love songs, but I I think they sound amazing. His voice is so beautiful. Highly recommend it. Go check it out, guys.
1: Okay, my last stuff we like to speak for this week is a song actually called Golf on TV by Lennon Stella. She was on a TV show called Nashville that I watched a few years back and she's kind of like just blowing up on music and stuff and it's really good. So highly would recommend checking it out it's off like her new album 321 and the album is also just like excellent
0: 100%. I actually will check that out I think that it'll be really, really cool
1: me too I'm gonna check out yours by the way you recommended a song last time from Front Porch something Front Porch stuff yeah I am addicted now I've been listening they're to it they're so like, good crazy. right yeah.
0: yeah my roommate Josh actually recommended it to me and Josh if you're listening to this I, I gave you the shout out man I, I told you I shouted out your name in the podcast I, I did it this, this is it hope you're actually listening <laughs> <laughs> let me know if you heard this now you'll know now i know if you, if you listen, listen to it
1: texty or something exactly,
0: exactly okay
1: guys I think that's it for this week. This was episode was slightly different than our normal one, definitely a little bit less techy. So let us know like what you think. We'll be back with a super tech heavy episode next week. This week has been kind of weird. There wasn't a ton of tech news. It really wasn't. But we wanted to make sure that we were consistent and posted an episode. So this is what we threw together.
0: Exactly. So again, as always, before we do end off, I want to give a huge thank you to Luke, our amazing friend and editor, who gets all of these done every single week for Monday. If you guys weren't aware, we post every Monday at 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. If there's ever a delay, we will let you know on Twitter. So make sure to follow us there at digital dive pod. Also, a huge thank you to Adil Constantine for our amazing intro and outro music. And all I gotta say is I sounded like a radio host right there. And I felt so good because I hear myself while I'm talking, and I just I thought that sounded great. Just wanted to say that.
1: It did. It was very, very professional. I I, to,
0: I sound like a radio host. It's a great way to end this week.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. It's funny because I asked a friend to listen to this, and they were like, "Damn, I love Darcy's voice so much." Hey, all like right. They were, just, they were amping you up.
0: Uh, not, that, I'm, I'm. very happy to hear that. Like, you know, you don't know, say like, like, none of you guys can see. The only Jack can <laughs> see this. I'm, I'm just like dusting off my shoulders right now. Like, it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: <laughs> no, for real. that you have you have like the perfect podcast voice. Thank
0: you. I really appreciate that. But
1: yeah, that is it for this week. So we'll catch you guys next week. Catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.